Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we stare into the cold, steely eyes of Meta Knight, wondering who has the guts to draw first. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. I feel like listeners and you, Patrick, are yes. experiencing me fall deeper and deeper into, like, Kirby mania. Yes. Kirby, I feel like, is taking over our lives in such a in a in a, pos, in a beautiful positive way, you're wearing pink tonight. I'm sure in yes, tribute, of course, uh, to Kirby. Um, I'm drinking from a pink can. <laughs> I am constantly like thinking about Kirby music and hearing Kirby music. Last yes. night, um, like uh, a mirror in our uh, my husband and I's home like fell down, and so. I had to get up and like you know investigate the noise and everything, and then as I laid back into bed to fall asleep, I realized I had a Kirby song in my head. Oh my god, which one? <laughs> I, that's the thing. Oh. I don't know because I'm even when I'm working right now. Yes, I I'm on this like YouTube channel which is called Kirby Radio, which is just an endless stream of Kirby music, and so. Uh, I mean, I it, don't even it, know what I'm listening to. Kirby Radio, the music does end when the Meta Knight Shock Jock Hour begins, right? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh-huh. He does not keep it politically correct. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, this uh, Mark, I I love you. Started to tell me that anecdote before we started recording, uh, but you didn't get to the part where you uh, had. Uh, Kirby music. It's just in your Kirby head mania. I don't know how my husband is dealing with me. I, just all I yeah. do and think about is Kirby. We're maniacs right now, but I it's a good kind of mania. Um, and I feel like to look, whenever we do one of these theme months, there's gonna be like one episode where it's like that's this is the we go right up to the brink of the abyss, right? And we stare down into the abyss, and the abyss it looks back into us, Mark. And I think that's what we're going to do today as we dig into sub-games in Kirby. And we're going to determine the 10 best sub-games. These are games that you play for three seconds. Um, but we're going to find the best ones, and it's going to be super good. But before that, I want to tell you about the Sonic Forces Borrowing Program. Would you like to participate in it? You can. All you got to do is email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com and provide us with a mailing address we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You play it for as long as you want, or you don't, and then you send it back. And I pay for postage both ways. It's the perfect program. You, there may be a copy of Untitled Goose Game in there uh, instead of Sonic Forces, but there may be Sonic Forces in there instead of Untitled Goose Game. So you, you never really know what you're going to get. Exactly. One of those two things. Right. And, you know, it may seem that getting an Untitled Goose Game is an imperfection in the Sonic Forces borrowing program, but... I'm happy to tell you that's not the case. No, it is a feature, not a bug. A feature. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate it so much. It helps people find the show. Um, It helps more listeners be able to 
come along on this journey as Patrick and I lose our minds with enthusiasm for Kirby. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it is it. We can't do this on our own, or we could, but it's so much sadder that way. <laughs> It wouldn't be healthy. It wouldn't, no. But we appreciate it so much. We love reading your reviews. If you leave us a review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see that, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. If you leave it anywhere else, uh, we can't see that, but we st- would still love to give you a shout-out. So hit us up on Twitter, send us an email, so that way we can acknowledge your gift to us. Uh, and we do see them as gifts, so uh, thank you. Uh, but uh, we, we will not be – look, we'll give you a shout-out, but we will not be issuing thank you cards. Mark, I'm not doing it. I Do you know what? I think that's fair. Not until we can get a dog who can help write them for us. A dog? A well-trained dog oh, okay. can write us thank you notes. <laughs> this doesn't feel unreasonable to me. I don't n- normally expect like a total non sequitur from you. <laughs> so I was I was wholly thrown by that. I loved it. My brain is Kirby-addled. That's a great point. Uh, we, it's, his brain is Kirby-addled because we are, of course, in Kirby month. Uh, next week, we are going to be discussing weird Kirby games featuring Kirby's Dream Course. Uh, and then on the 31st, we are going to be discussing the brand new Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, Mark, the end of the month is in sight. Can you believe it? No, it's uh, I, 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 can't, I can't believe it. I've been having so much fun. Um, it's also, I feel like before we started the month, we came up with this moniker of weird Kirby games. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for myself, I am discovering all Kirby games are deeply, deeply weird Kirby games. Yeah, that, that is true that all Kirby games are in fact weird games, but they fall into like a similar kind of weird, right? Um, the platforming copy abilities, uh, we're going to be talking about games that are not that that's, when we get to yeah. that's true. Like Kirby is weird, but has such a like uh, pattern. Like yeah. you were saying, where yeah. you're like, oh, okay, like yes, this is weird, but I expect it because it's a Kirby game. Yes, and then there there are other times where Kirby's just like off the rails crazy. Right, and I'm very excited to talk about those off the rails uh, crazy games. We got a follow up from our discussion last week. Um, last week, uh, OmniJake asked us on Twitter what our favorite copy ability was. Um, I think we settled on Hammer. Yeah, Hammer or Rock. Yeah, Hammer or Rock was good. Uh, OmniJake's was Staff, and uh, Patrick told them that they were wrong. Yeah, and you made me take it back on the spot. <laughs> but OmniJake followed back up mm-hmm. and uh, said that the reason Staff is their favorite copy ability is because of their background in martial arts. And that makes sense. Uh, I look. Uh, I've I've swung a hammer more than I've uh, practiced martial arts. And I've like sat around doing nothing, like a rock, like a rock, yeah, a lot. And so, yeah, fond of that. Here's the thing: the last like week of playing Kirby games has maybe exposed both of us to our new favorite copy ability from uh, Kirby Squeak Squad on the Nintendo 3DS. Um, the copy ability is called Metal, and it's mostly just funny because Kirby like becomes a like aluminum version of himself. Yeah, he becomes this, but like the way he walks, it's so funny. It's like he's like uh, he's weighed um, down. Yeah, but for some yes, he's weighed down, so he moves really slowly. But his animations, for some reason, remind me of like Homer Simpson when he's feeling really like good about himself. Sure, he's like he's like a what, strutting yeah. like he's a little dynamo. No, you and know it's what he very is very funny. It's like if uh, Kirby. Uh, swallowed Colossus from the X-Men. Like, that's what it is. 
<laughs> yes. Yes. Also, I have a small mea culpa um, regarding the character Bonkers, who is the Kirby character, like the enemy that you see with the hammer. That is Bonkers. Yeah. Um, and th- this is for you, Patrick. When you and I were playing Kirby games a few weeks ago or a few days ago, I, you, I, ca- I called him a gorilla. You called him a gorilla, and I was like, no way. You laid into me. <laughs> you was, were like, no way is this a gorilla. That's a man that's with a, a hammer and yeah. a hat. I was like, he's some, you know, like New York heavy for the mob. That's what he's designed after. He's yeah, like a yeah, big, yeah, yeah. tough guy. And I'll tell you what, I folded immediately. Mark said something with authority, and I was like, yes, sir. And then... <laughs> When I was looking up what a waddle do is, because uh, that question came up also, we were like, we saw some enemies being called waddle do's, and we're like, what is a waddle? It was actually in in one of the sub games that we may be discussing shortly. That's right. And um, while I was looking that up, I was like, I should actually, I should probably check what bonkers is. And l- allow me to read the physical appearance description for bonkers on Kirby fandom. Bonkers appears to be a gorilla-like creature okay. who wields a large hammer and has no visible eyes. He appears to wear dark blue pants with torn legs and a belt and a jacket with slits in it for arms. No visible eyes? No <laughs> visible eyes. He also has purple sideburns and a pompadour haircut. Wait, that's a haircut? It's... I'm not saying that I don't fully trust the Kirby like fandom wiki, but which one are you on? Are you on the Kirby wiki? I'm on or Kirby dot fandom. Okay. Yeah. So it is the fandom wiki. We should we should cross reference this with the Kirby wiki. Right. Right. And right. And see what they say about Bonkers. But I they're hedging their bets for sure, sure in this description, sure, sure. right? Because he appears to wear dark blue pants. It's like they don't want to say that he's wearing dark blue pants. Right. Right. They don't. They don't even want to commit to the fact that he's wearing pants. Or that they're dark blue. No, it doesn't. Definitely doesn't want to commit to the fact that it's a with uh, scare quotes jacket. Here's the thing that I like about the Kirby Wiki, the fandom wiki, is that it's teaching the controversy. <laughs> it knows that there are multiple points of view, and it's like, look, here are the facts as we perceive them <laughs> at present. That's right, and as you know, Kirby science improves yep. in the future. Right, you know that might change. That's the scientific method. Yes, that's how we learn. That means it's, if we fail, it's a success. That's right. It's not dogma. It is a process constantly refining itself. Dogma, good name for a dog that writes thank you notes. All right, Mark, let's get into it. Let's come up with the 10 best Kirby subgames. Okay, but before we actually start making this list um i want to know what you what is your relationship to sub games in kirby and just sort of mini games in general and maybe we start with like kirby sub games um because i feel like they occupy a different space within kirby yeah i think so too i so my experience with kirby sub games is kind of similar to my experience with kirby games in general i played a ton of kirby superstar i think we need to back up I think first we need to actually define what we mean when we say sub-game. Oh, yeah. Great point. Um, because I, at first, uh, I was like, a sub-game is any other game mode that you can that is not the main uh, game mode that you can select from a menu like on the outside. So like not counting the goal games or whatever. 
um, or any kind of transformations. But I've turned around on that. Now I'm saying that a sub game is anything that you can make an argument for is a sub game, right? So anything that is not uh, what like the flagship main part of the game is, if you can convince me that that other mode or feature is a sub game, then it counts. Okay, yeah, I'm on board for that. I mean, because I think where it gets messy on what is a sub game and what is like the main game is a game like Kirby Superstar, absolutely, which is mostly just eight mini games, like eight sub games. Yeah, some of those games are more sub than others, but yes, I agree. Right, and so, um, so I, I agree with that. I also think that in the example of like Kirby's Adventure for the NES they don't have the construct where right. the mini games exist or the sub games exist outside of the main adventure. They're accessed, you know, like almost as bonus games in the level selector. Like you do the matching yes, game in yeah. Super Mario Brothers 3 type yeah, thing. Totally. And that's that is where like it's it's where like the that distinction of it has to be accessible from like a separate menu gets kind of blurred because like you're sort of in like an interactive menu at that point where you're selecting levels that you're going to and you're doing it by like jumping around and like flying like Kirby normally does. But so I, I think, I think like broadening it out so we could just be like, uh, you know, it's kind of just w whatever you can convince uh, ourselves or each other is a, a sub game, but it's anything really that is like making you play uh, the game differently. Yeah. And we're playing a different game. Yeah. Right? Like I, I think that definition is, uh, I'm totally on board for that. But I think, like, the easiest way to think about them is as mini-games, right? They're, yeah, like, yeah. there's the main adventure or in the, you know, in some examples, they're, like, the main platforming adventures yeah. that you that are a little more, like, uh, have multiple mechanics. Whereas these sub-games, as I think of them, are really, like, you're doing one action or like a series of actions but it's really just like one small uh goal like yeah, one you, kind of like thing that you're yes. doing usually mechanically pretty simple mm -hmm. like for for this reason i didn't i didn't personally consider any like meta knight's revenge style uh things as uh sub games even though i think you probably could make the argument that they are uh, the fact that they're using a lot of the same like level geometry and like you know it's all like the same um and also, you're still, like, playing the game. It's just, like, with a different character. And a lot of these games kind of, like, break down into similar, like, groupings. Yeah. And they're, like, variations on a theme. Like, there's a lot of reflex games. Yes. Where it's all about doing something, like, as quickly as you can in, like, split-second decisions. Um, or another... What is, like, another kind? I'm blanking right now, but... So, there, there's... There's that. There's also like little races. Uh, I feel like races uh, figure into a lot of these. Um, and there's also ones that I don't really know what you would call them, but basically it's a series of three kind of like gauges that you're trying to yes. like perf uh, hit at the perfect time. And you're either punching something or hitting something. Um, and the power of that hit or punch is determined by how perfectly you execute the um, those gauges, those like timing things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's sort of the megaton punch is the uh, the progenitor of of all of those. Uh, do do you did you play a lot of these uh, of the sub games uh, when you were playing Kirby games growing up? 
So, yeah, I feel like my experience with sub-games is almost identical to my experience with Kirby games, which makes sense because the only way you're going to access the yes, sub-games yes, is through the yes. games. So I played, you know, Kirby's Adventure for the NES. The sub-games in there, like, uh, I had actually forgotten about, like, the egg toss one yes. where King DDD is, like, throwing eggs or bombs and you have to inhale the eggs but not the bombs. But the other one's, like, Quick Draw and the, um, the crane. crane fever, mm -hmm. where it's like a little crane game where you're trying to pick a puffed up Kirby out. Like, those I remember a lot. But really, for me, it's the one from Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo because I played that game a lot. But it also has a lot of the classic archetypes. It has a reflex game. Mm -hmm. It has, uh, like, a boss rush mode. And then it has, like, a couple of other ones. Maybe just one other one. But um, so that's really my experience. What about you? Um, so I didn't play many uh, Kirby. You know, my Kirby game growing up was the original Kirby's uh, Dreamland, um, and there are no uh, the uh, the only sub game I guess in that is the goal game, right? Um, and uh, I, I'm just gonna come out and say it: all the goal games are bad. And in fact, I said it two weeks ago uh, that like I don't know why we're doing them. Uh, it makes me mad that it's like here at the end of the level you have to do something totally unrelated and meaningless. Um, so I uh, I really wasn't playing uh, sub games kind of at all. Um, but to open up the conversation like more fully to like just mini games in general. I do like minigame collections, right? Um, I think one of the things that I always go back to is on the 3DS, both the uh, Super Mario 64 uh, DS and New Super Mario Brothers came packed with this like set of like five or six um, Mario-based minigames. Do you remember these? Yeah. They're like so, some of them, are, there's like Blackjack, there's... Um, a, a thing where you have to like find a Mario face among like other uh, faces, and I feel like the the uh, Mario sixty four DS especially was very touchscreen heavy because mm -hmm. it was a either a launch title or very close to launch. Yeah, that it came out, and so there were still a lot of those. Um, gimmicky is not the right word, but that's what I have right in front of me. Yeah, you totally. Know, kind of like where it's showing off those touchscreen abilities in a way that. The rest of Mario 64 didn't really. Yeah. Well, and like, I feel like the uh, the Wii was also, you know, very good at this. Obviously, that's kind of what Wii Sports is, but Wii Play was a lot of that kind of stuff. And I remember getting a lot of enjoyment out of like the most basic weird games where like, I don't even really remember what it was, but they're like me's like walking on a street and you had to either like count them or like say which one was like walking faster than the rest of them or, you know, something really, really simple like that, that like you can just burn like an hour with some friends um, just playing these games. And they're not deep, but like they're engaging in like a primal kind of way. Yeah. I feel like um, mini games for me are very similar to um, like jokes in 30 rock or in mystery science theater 3000, yeah. where there are so many like, that, that it's like, yeah, like a lot of them aren't necessarily going to land for me, but when you hit on like a good, there are so many of them that when you hit on a good one, then you're just like, oh yeah, this is like, this is great. And it yeah. makes everything else like worthwhile. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, we, we experienced a lot of, I think the same kind of thing during game and watch month um, that like, uh, if you give, if you were to have given me a single game and watch and be like, here, play this, I would have been like, okay, I don't really get what's fun about this. Um, but having sort of access to like a wide suite of game and watch games and like 
forcing myself to like dig into them, uh, really understanding like where they're fun, how they're fun, and recognizing like the subtle genius of the ones that really work. Um, I don't know that I'm quite there with the, the Kirby sub games now, but um, I have definitely discovered something that I'm like, oh, this is a good, still very simple, but this is a good game. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I feel like the uh, comparison to Game & Watch Month is very apt for me as well because in going into Game & Watch Month, I was like, these games, like, boring. I don't really like arcade score chasing stuff. Like, I did not have a real appreciation for it. But then once you got into it, like, um, like you mentioned, and you kind of see the genius and the simplicity, but even though it's really simple, like, it's really addictive. And I've, I've had that same loop with Kirby, these Kirby sub-games, where coming into this episode, I would have said, like, oh, yeah, they're fine, but whatever. I don't think about them. Yeah. They're just, like, basic, you know, don't put a lot of time into it. I remember when Kirby Sup um, Star Allies came out, I was, like, disappointed in the sub-games. It's, like, the home run one and then the tree-chopping one, and I was kind of, like, whatever. But going back and actually, like, focusing on them, there is a lot of ones where I'm just kind of, like, yeah, whatever, this isn't great. But the ones that do hit yeah. are so good. Well, and also, like, there's, uh, just as we're sampling all these games, my sort of, like, priorities or values, like, what I want out of them, if one of them can entertain me for 10 minutes, I feel like that's enough, right? If I can have, like, genuinely have fun with it for 10 minutes, that's enough for me to get value out of the sub-game. Which is why I don't value the goal games. They, you don't get any enjoyment out of them. <laughs> what do we think... And this actually may be a question that we had to revisit after we've uh, talked about some of these in more depth. But what do you think uh, it is about the Kirby series that uh, either necessitates subgames or facilitates them? What do you think subgames add to the series? Why subgames and Kirby? Yeah, I, w I, that's, I wish I knew. Yeah. Like, I wish I knew what the genesis of it was because it does feel like it is so much now part of um, uh, the Kirby franchise. Yeah, like, absolutely. Expect it. There will be sub games in Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Like, there just will be. And it would be weird if, like, for some reason there aren't. But yeah, I, I would love to know the Genesis because I do associate the two so strongly. But it's just because it is. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but like, it is, but it wasn't always. Again, like, Kirby's Dreamland, the original game, no sub games. Um, so like, but it's also interesting how quickly what yeah. we now consider sub games, even though the presentation was a little different, did start showing up in Kirby games. Like Kirby's Adventure for the NES has three of them. Kirby's Pinball Land, right, has like bonus games. Yeah. Um, Block Ball has these, you know, like. No, let's bonus not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like almost immediately. Yes. Kirby became everything. Yes. Yeah. That's like. Well, and this is a uh, sort of something that uh, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that like Kirby, like during our introductory episode, that Kirby almost does a better job of being the uh, what Mario was initially intended to be, the like Mr. Video, um, and like that he can just be the at the actor, the protagonist, whatever, in any kind of game. And I think that's sort of true because, like, you can put him in any situation and it doesn't matter. Like, you don't worry about his safety. You're not wondering how he's able to do anything. Um, when he's the ball in a game, you're like, okay, fine, Kirby's <laughs> the ball. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, Kirby, at 
simultaneously has personality, but also like no definable qualities. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I absolutely agree. Which I wonder if that is then that like the personality of Kirby is play. Um, and that like that's why it makes so much sense to just be like, oh, a Kirby game needs more games in it because all he does is play. And I don't know if that's right, but uh, it's maybe maybe we'll revisit this question after we've uh, gotten into more depth about our favorite uh, Kirby sub games. And Mark, I would like to open the floor right now for us to start talking about our favorite sub games. Okay, let's our, do it. Our goal here is to uh, we. I've got a couple I want to shout out. Mark has a couple he wants to shout out. Shout out. We will talk about them, and then we will uh, determine. First of all, we'll see if we have ten different ones between us, um, and then we are going to rank the ten best. Um, Mark, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I'll let you go first. Uh, okay, so I'm first. Uh, I'm going to shout out that crane game. In the original Kirby's Adventure, um, super simple. All you're doing is pushing uh, the the A button to move the claw uh, to the right, and then you let go of it, and then it goes down and grabs uh, either a a, a regular size Kirby or a big chonky Kirby. Um, and depending on how well you've lined that up, uh, he'll either drop it uh, so that you score some extra lives or something, uh, or not. Um, Super super simple. I love, I love a good crane game. I miss um, the uh, Nintendo Badge Arcade every day, um, and yeah, I just I just think it's a good smart like addition to uh, the lineup. It's it even being like one of the first. And I also like a lot when Kirby is part of like other arcade experiences. Uh, like I like pinball. I, I like um, uh, block ball, um, and like the crane thing is like. Like oh yeah, you if if I, there was an actual like crane machine um, that had Kirby's in it and just Kirby's in it, I would love that. Yeah, and uh, the music for Crane Fever is really good as well. Mm -hmm. So everybody, go look that up. It's a real earworm though. So just be prepared. Just be prepared. A I real like uh, Rathacon earworm. <laughs> More of a bug. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm actually. I will go ahead and nominate. One from Kirby's Adventure as well. What? And that is Quick Draw. Wow. The original Quick Draw. The original Quick Draw, which is uh, my favorite of the Reflex games that I've played. So the way that these games work, and they the same style appears in multiple games, is you are like, it is you versus like one other character. And it's all about waiting for the moment when the game cues you to draw your weapon. Yeah. And so usually it's usually like an exclamation mark or the word like draw appears on screen. And it's whoever has that trigger finger and can hit the button first. Obviously, in a lot of these games, you're playing against the CPU. So it's a virtual so finger. So it's a virtual but... finger. But I really like the presentation of Quick Draw and Kirby's Adventure it's, I think, my favorite because it feels the silliest to me. Well, it's the cowboy one, and the other ones go samurai. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, the samurai ones are – so, like, uh, Kirby Samurai, I believe, is what it's called in um, 
superstar. And then there's a, a, a later one that's called Quick Draw, but it's sort of back. It's still the samurai aesthetic. Um, and I, I always think it's neat when they have the, they like flash the character portraits. Yeah. Um, but there's something so like grounded and normal about uh, Quick Draw on the NES that like it's just the sprite of King DDD that you would see when you encounter him in the game. To a point, because the the thing that I uh, like that is really funny to me about Quick Draw is kind of like the way it builds from character to character. Yes. So it's cowboy themed, um, and instead of like firing bullets at each other, you are firing like boxing gloves comes out come out of like the gun or whatever, which and is it, hilarious. It knocks your opponent off screen. But each of the opponents is wearing a different type of hat. Yes. And if you knock them off screen, the hat, like, stays, and it just floats to the ground. And then it becomes part of, like, a collection in the corner. So you can see how many, you know, like, how many levels, quote-unquote, you've beaten. And the way that it, like, it builds in two ways. One, each, you know, enemy has a different hat. But then also your guns get progressively, like, bigger and sillier. Yes. Like, at some point... You know, Kirby's pulling out a bazooka and a uh, boxing glove is flying out of it. The last one when you're up against King DDD, if you're successful, it's a cannon. Like, Kirby just pulls right. out a cannon. But uh, so the first enemy is a Waddle Dew and he has a cowboy hat. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. The next one is a Starman and he has a, like a deer stalker, like a, um, a Sherlock Holmes hat. Blade Knight is wearing this like newsboy cap. Bonkers uh, is wearing the hammer guy is wearing, or. Hammer, the hammer gorilla, a, yeah, uh, with no visible eyes, right? Is teach the controversy <laughs> wearing a sailor cap, and then King DDD is coming out like a railroad bear and wearing this like top hat. I don't know. It uh, it also has this very like cartoony aesthetic because it is the NES and it's the early days for these characters. So like King DDD is really cute. Yeah, um, really well, cartoony. And like even just like using the sort of Wild West cowboy aesthetic um, sort of immediately makes you think of uh, like Looney Tunes, right? Like there are so many uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons that like take place in like, the West, obviously uh, like Coyote and Roadrunner. Um, and the fact that they have all these like guns, but they're shooting uh, like uh, boxing gloves out of them. It's all very funny yeah has a sense of humor in the way that like the other versions of this game don't have i could yeah exactly and yeah like the animation for the hats like floating down after you knock them off the screen is really funny it it just builds in a really satisfying way so i i like quick draw a lot um so at this point i just want to point out that we are not nominating egg game i assume right yeah, I yeah. just I feel kind of like indifferent to this one. So you're in a boxing ring or something, and King DDD yeah. standing in the corner, just hurling an unending barrage of uh, are they what are they? They're it's eggs or, or bombs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so Kirby's you're trying to time your inhale to get the eggs and not the bombs, and I think you have to gather like twenty of them or something like that of the eggs in order to be successful. It is fine. Yeah, I don't find it to be particularly fun. It always feels like it's over very fast for me anyway. Um, so, like, I don't really like it that much. I do think it's interesting that there – you remember there is a Game & Watch game just called Egg? Yes. Where you're, like, a wolf uh, trying to take eggs from, uh, like, four different hen houses and, like, they roll down. Um, and, like, there was a Mickey Mouse version of that one too. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that, like, oh, yeah, there's – I get I, – there's an egg thing happening here. <laughs> um, all right, Mark. The next 
uh, sub game that I'm going to nominate comes from one of my new favorite games, Kirby's Block Ball. I am nominating Air Hockey from Kirby's Block Ball. There is a a a version of this that uses what is effectively uh, like breakout rules to play air hockey against a computer opponent. There's like a little air hockey game in the middle of this breakout clone. It's so much fun. It still has like the, the thing at the beginning where, uh, uh, which is a feature of Kirby's block ball where the angle of your initial shot, um, like it kind of, there's like a, a little arrow that points in various angles until you're ready. It's almost like a metronome. Kind yeah. Of it's thing. a little like a metronome. Um, and you can still do the, the thing where you like flex the paddle and make Kirby go faster. Um, I don't know air, air hockey is always compelling uh, anyway. Block ball is compelling anyway. I really, really like any time you get into the into the air ho- hockey mini game. I liked this. I liked this air hockey mini game too. It wasn't on my list, but it is a good one of the four sort of like mini games sub games that are in Kirby's Block Ball. This is for sure the best one. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. And I, 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 you could almost argue that the boss fights. Um, are uh, kind of sub-games because you have to like play them differently. You usually have paddles on the left and right and top and bottom of the screen, which, by the way, another great innovation, Kirby Block Ball, killing the game. It's so good. Um, but that the, you just have to like change how you're like approaching the game. Uh, but I don't think it would count as, as a sub-game in this context. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm going to jump ahead a Ooh, little bit for okay. my next one. And I want to talk about Speedy Tea Time from Kirby Squeak Squad for the Nintendo DS. If we must. So there's an element to this sub game that is a little grotesque. Yeah. So this it's uh, it's just you against the opponent, and the opponent is one of the squeaks. And look. I've played a lot of this game. I don't know what the squeaks are. They're mice and they're bad guys. Um, and what you're trying to do, there's like a, a, a cloche uh, over a, a, a platter uh, and the, the cloche is removed and you have to tap on either strawberries, I know, I, big strawberries or little strawberries and leave all the bombs and you have to do it before your opponent, who is this uh, the, the big squeak, um, before he inhales what's there. Or before like the cloche closes again right. and then the like game resets a little bit. Yes. Like the next round advances. Right. And you have like a little meter so that, like it, you know, bigger strawberries count for more. Um and you just need to fill that up before he does. So the part of this that is a little grotesque is the perspective of the game is that on the top screen, you um you Kirby's almost like looking up at this enormous squeak. Yes. And look, we are extremely body positive That's right. on this show and absolutely nothing against Audi belly buttons. Not at all. But this this game is doing a disservice. This design is doing a disservice to Audi belly buttons uh, because it looks... Mark, I don't even know. It, 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 it's like... A, it just... It, it has like an X on it. Like it looks like uh, yeah. water or something should shoot... Out of this little round or something, yes. Thing like it's and it's just so prominent. Yes, it's like right in the middle of the screen, so your eye is like drawn to it. It's purposefully taunting us yes. with this enormous, grotesque belly button, and it's like a, a protuberance of I would say no less than three inches. Yeah, uh, it's it, like a tuna can. 
Yeah, I'm upset by it. Um, <laughs> but why, why do you bring it up? Do you bring it up to put it on our list? Or, I, or I, yes, I bring it up because I like this game. Oh I God. I like oh the mechanic. God, I, it's it's like one of the reflex games, except you have to pick yeah okay. um, items. And I genuinely think it is so funny <laughs> that they lovingly rendered this disgusting belly button. Showed it to everyone. Wow. Miyamoto must have seen it at some point. I mean, maybe Miyamoto, you know, maybe they initially had a smaller belly button and Miyamoto upended that tea bigger. table and was like, I need that belly button to be bigger and more grotesque. What is the name of this game? This game is Speedy Tea Time. Speedy Tea Time. For Kirby Squeak Squad, Squad on the Nintendo DS. This is, I think, um, I think because it's so gross. It goes all the way back around to being beautiful. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, uh, can't I, you just I, imagine? I don't know that I agree can't with you. Can't you just imagine nestling up with that belly button? No. No. Look, here's the thing. Uh, again, we're very body positive, but uh, if that belly button is like out at the dinner table, the tea time table, I'm getting up. I'm leaving. <laughs> I know it is. It is also. I mean, it's just upsetting. Yeah. But I I'm I choose to find the beauty in it. Um, all right, Mark, I'm gonna go next, uh, and I'm going to I'm gonna nominate uh, just an absolute killer. Um, it is called Strato Patrol EOS on uh, in Kirby Mass Attack. This is so Kirby Mass Attack is uh, on the on the DS. Um, it will be one of our weird Kirby games. Um, EOS. Uh, it, 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 the, the gameplay is uh, base. It, it's sort of lemmings esque, uh, where you are like tapping on the screen and like a small army of Kirby's follow uh, your instructions on like where to go, who to attack, that sort of thing. But this mini game uh, is a like a top down flying uh, shooting kind of game. You know, one of those where it's like a, a scrolling up and down, um, and you start off with just one little Kirby. Uh, who's like kind of constantly shooting uh, some beams of, of stars and much like you can in the rest of the game you can get up to 10 other Kirby's sort of like trailing behind where you draw um, on this map as you're like flying around um, but it, it just means that it turn it becomes this uh, awesome sh you know bullet hell sort of like uh, uh, shmup where you're controlling 10 Kirby's at once um, it feels like a full game to me uh, it, it, it takes a little while to unlock in Kirby Mass Attack, which was sort of a bummer for me because uh, it just, you know, I, I want I want all these games to be accessible right at the beginning. Uh, I don't like that Kirby Mass Attack makes you earn them. But this is one that's totally worth earning. The name is Strato Patrol EOS. What does the EOS stand for? What do I look like, Mark? <laughs> you know, fair. I, I, have, yeah. I have no idea. I withdraw the question. Here's the, the other thing I don't understand about Kirby Mass Attack is uh, sometimes you so every five medals you unlock like something new right and sometimes it's like uh, the music player or a uh, a a sub game um, and the sub games can be like this thing Strato Strato Patrol EOS um, and it's super compelling and tons of fun and really deep and then there's another sub game in there just called Curtain Call where each level uh, it like opens a curtain and there are some like Kirby characters on there and all you do is count how many Kirby's are there. Huh? So like you, like the gameplay is like reveal, 
close. And then it's like, how many Kirby's? And you're like, one. <laughs> and then it does it again, and you're like, three. <laughs> but Strata Patrol EOS is like a full-blown... Uh, yeah, that sounds like light and shooting game it's super fun that sounds like such a good example of what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode where um they're not all hits but they're the ones not that all are good right are really good um you know on tuesday i think we talked about i mentioned that i had played a little bit of kirby's pinball land and was enjoying it but it's not that remarkable it's just a pinball game with yeah. kirby but there is one kind of like what they call bonus game in Kirby's Pinball Land that I do think is a lot of fun and is similar kind of to, um, I think, enjoyable for the same reasons that air hockey is enjoyable. And it's Poppy Brothers Land bonus game. So the way that Kirby's Pinball Land works is there's three, like, boards that you uh, can jump between and you can, like, warp between them and all that kind of stuff. But each one has a bonus game that you're able to get to. And for the Poppy Brothers Land bonus game, there's... It's like a short board, and there's two, like, Kirby balls that you're trying to shoot into a soccer net that's defended by a squishy. And so there's just something – the mechanics are very simple, but they're, because it's so, like, direct, there's something really satisfying about that, like, the, you know, squishy's moving back and forth and is kind of anticipating your moves, and you are trying to keep track of these two Kirbys – which, because um, once both of them fall off the board, like, th you're done. And so you're trying to keep track of where the squishy is. You're trying to keep track of where the Kirbys are. You're trying to shoot them into the goal. Uh, it's all, it's very simple, but very satisfying. Yeah. No, that's that sounds great. I, I feel like the, anytime they put Kirby in, like, a sort of sports situation, like, I'm, I'm into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, if, if, it's, if it's anything that feels like, uh, a shootout or a uh, you know like soccer or whatever like I'm, I I think it works. Um, that's a that's a good addition. I think I'm gonna keep us in the realm of pinball. Um, and also uh, keep myself in the realm of Kirby Mass Attack. Uh, and bring up Kirby's Brawl Ball. Um, which is a pinball like uh mini game inside of Kirby Mass Attack. Um, I think it's a better pinball game than Kirby's Pinball Land. Um, it only has the the one table, but it does have boss fights. Um, and you access these boss fights by, uh, first you have to an antagonize King DDD and then like uh, wait till he opens his mouth and then shoot Kirby into there. And, you know, the first one is the, the, the Willow, um, the whatever he is, Wispy Willow. Um, and it's kind of just a boss fight. It's like the regular boss fight. Uh, but in pinball, um, which is super fun. And you can play it either with the touch screen of just like tapping the screen to make both paddles go, or you can use the L and R triggers. Um, it's another case of it just feels like they put a full pinball game in this, uh, which again, Kirby Mass Attack, really great. Um, uh, it includes a seemingly a full pinball game and a full like scrolling flying shooter. Man. I think it's a good game. Yeah. I think it's a really good game. I am going to jump to Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo. So this has a number of sub games like the uh, Gourmet Race, where you're racing DDD and collecting food. 
Samurai Kirby, which is like a reflex game, like Quick Draw, and then Megaton Punch, which is one of the ones I talked about where there's like an oscillating meter and you're trying to time it perfectly so that way you can like crack Planet Popstar in half. Mm -hmm. But the one that I want to call out is um, something that we've seen in a lot of, that you've seen in a lot of Kirby games, but this is the version of this that I put a ton of time into, and that's the arena, which is essentially a boss rush mode. The way that the arena works is that in the beginning, you have this kind of like library of abilities you can choose from, and you can, if you're playing with a second player, they can control the helper character, or you can just choose an, an ability and turn that into the helper character. You have a, you go in and you do like boss fights, and you have a limited number of Maxim tomatoes to heal between bosses. Uh, and then after each fight, there's like, sometimes there's two random copy abilities for you to choose from in case you lost yours in the battle. But basically that's all it is. It's like all but one of the bosses in the game, but having those extra limitations where it's like, you're choosing your abilities up front, uh, having the limited number of health, the random copy abilities that you can like choose from if you lost I don't know, like having those extra parameters on it gave it a lot of variety. And so it was fun. I ha had a lot of fun like going in and trying to find the best strategies and or trying to use what I thought were the worst copy abilities. Right, and just to challenge yourself just to and challenge grow myself. with them. Yeah. Like, that was a lot of fun. One thing I, uh, at the time, I did not realize what it was because it if you complete this mode, if you complete this sub game, it opens sound test, which is actually like a jukebox. Like it has all of the oh, like all of the, the music, music yeah. but it also has like all of the um, sound effects what? and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, which I th thought was just like a funny thing to put behind the arena. But yeah, the I generally don't think of myself as loving boss rush modes, but I enjoy the arena a lot. Well, the the arena and uh, arena comes back in a lot of these games, right? Like there there was an arena in um, Planet Robobot, which we just played. Uh, and I, I, I think th that also shares a lot in common with the, um, like, uh, not not the classic mode. What do they call it in uh, Smash Brothers when you uh, go up against, like, everyone in order of, like, release? Oh, yeah. I, for I forget exactly what it's called. Like a it's not career mode. But... No, but it's, like, history mode or yeah. something like that. Um, where, like, a after every fight, there's, like, a little bit of a power-up, and, like, some of it is persistent, so, like, you have to choose when you're going to use it. Um, and there's just, there's something kind of, like, compelling about it being presented in that way, um, rather than just a straight-up boss rush mode that uh, just, I don't know, feels a little bit more, like, compelling and uh, and fun. Yeah, I completely agree. Also, I think that, you know, what you, you mentioned that Planet Robobot has the arena, and this is at a point, like, I do want to talk about the other, just touch on, because we talked about it in the Planet Robobot episode, the sub-games in Planet Robobot, so um, Team Kirby Clash, and there's one other one. 3D br Rumble? Rumble, something like yeah. that? Yeah, uh, but... I think the reason I why didn't consider either of those. I, I yeah, I didn't either, and I think the reason why I did not like glom onto those, like why I almost immediately turned them off, is because they were too complicated. Yeah, it it felt too much like a completely different game. 
which it turned out being. Nintendo spun those off into their own 3DS titles. But really what I want... But, from like, knew that that's what they were doing, right? Because definitely feels that way. On on the game screen, they are represented by game carts. Like, they, they knew that they were going to be making these as separate games. Yeah, and I think... It's so weird. It was, it like, to, what I want in a sub-game, whether it's successful or not, is that easy, like, I inherently understand this. Yes. Like, this is just a mechanic, like... I will try to perfect this one mechanic and I can understand why having these more full blown games would feel good because you're like, wow, like there's like three games in this one, like three right. with completely different mechanics and everything. But I don't want any of that. I want to open up like a, one of these Kirby sub games and I enjoy the simplicity of just knowing immediately what I'm supposed to do. Which I, I think actually does like just that simplicity, even though both uh, Strato Patrol EOS and Kirby's Brawl Ball are feel like full game experiences, they're immediately understandable, right? Because they're game types that you recognize as like classic arcade sort of experiences. Uh, it doesn't require any learning of the mechanics, right? Yeah, like totally. you just know them already. Um, is that is that back to me then? Yep. Uh, I will go then to Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, the the subgame Kirby's Wave Ride. Uh, this is a you are one Kirby racing against three other Kirby's who could either be computer controlled or up to three of your real life friends if you've got uh, link cables and that splitter so that four people can all, all play at once. Um, you are surfing. Uh, and it's all sort of on like a one, uh, it's like there's no real dimensionality to it, but there are these uh, waves that sort of constitute jumps. Um, and when you get to the end of the jump, there's a, a period during which you can push the jump button and get a little boost of speed. And the whole thing is based on that, is just timing the jump so that you're hitting as many of the speed boosts as you possibly can. Some of the jumps... Uh, like start in the air already so you have to jump to get onto them uh, and so like it's not so much about making decisions it's really just about like pushing a when you think it's the right time and Kirby getting faster and faster um, or slower when you're messing up the jumps uh, and it's just very simple and satisfying and like it's got this uh, like kind of cool water like uh, blue and pink sky aesthetic that like really speaks to me um, it's both chill and exciting at the same time. I really, really like Kirby's Wave Ride. Yeah, I really like Kirby's Wave Ride too. It's such a good one. I actually want to, I think we can talk about both of these together. And the one I want to nominate is from Nightmare in Dreamland for the Game Boy Advance and Kirby's Air Grind. This is on my list as well. Which is sim which is like aesthetically like very similar. It hits that sweet spot of like a beautiful summer neon sunset um, with some amazing music in Kirby's air grind. You are there. It's again, four players, uh, three CPU, or you can have up to four friends or three friends. And you're all on your own like rail in which these Kirby's are on top of stars. And you are kind of like grinding on this rail. You're riding this rail. And there are moments where like the track becomes like, broken essentially it's like spikes it's like spikes yeah. and so what you have to do is uh kind of similar to wave ride you have to time your jump 
uh, over the spikes. Well, it's sort of the opposite, right? In that you are always holding the A button to go forward and you let up on the A button when it, when the spikes are present as though you're like lifting your front foot off of the star so it's not grinding into it. Yeah, and then you have to re-engage the A button at the right time. And the closer you get, right, to like the perfect takeoff and the perfect landing so you're not doing it too early, then you get more of a speed boost. And... Yeah, saying that it's like the opposite is almost perfect because the two feel very of a type. Yes. But they're both so good and aesthetically so much like like you really hit that sweet spot for me. Well, and Kirby's air grind also does this incredible thing where Mark said you're all on like separate um separate rails. Um, but the rails kind of like go into the background and into the foreground. Yeah, they're like threaded together. It's not that they're all just like uh, parallel to each other. Right. So sometimes you're going to be in the foreground. Your Kirby's going to be like bigger than everyone else's, and sometimes it's going to be in the background. Um, and sometimes someone else's Kirby is going to be in the foreground. It's a wild little trick that they pull, um, and feels so fun and dynamic. Um, yeah, uh, K- Kirby's air grind and Kirby's uh, and and wave ride are both like, I don't know, they're 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 both wonderful. They're going to be towards the very top of of my list, or I'm going to fight for it to have them both towards the top of the list. I think they're almost perfect mini games. I think so too. And I, I think that really puts them over. What puts them over the top for me is just aesthetically yeah. how pleasing they are in a way that um, some of them not necessarily looking at you speedy tea time but some of them are not as aesthetically pleasing uh no not at all okay so that means back back to me again um all right mark i'm gonna i'm gonna test the bounds of what we mean by sub game i'm going to nominate bead tricks apartment complex in kirby's epic yarn now what this is is this is the sort of uh side game in Kirby's Epic Yarn, where you uh, manage an apartment building, seemingly, and uh, fill it with furniture that you collect uh, throughout the rest of the game. Um, And you earn extra currency to buy stuff by participating in these, like, single-room challenges that uh, Beatrix uh, sets up for you. Um, It is uh, the secret depth of Kirby's Epic Yarn, which is a game that is very easy to just walk through and uh technically finished but like have not really gotten anything meaningful out of um but if you turn it into a sort of collectathon uh raise as much money as you can to buy all the furniture you can to decorate an apartment building um it becomes this amazing little game so i'm nominating beatrix apartment complex that's really funny um how do you access beatrix apartment complex is it like in between levels you kind of like go back to this thing like how does that work you know i honestly don't remember how you access it it, it is back at like the hub world mm-hmm. but i don't really remember what what that's like right um, but yeah it's it, and it's it's there right from the beginning of the game but like you you spend some beads um and like open a, a second floor to the place and then you're like putting furniture in that's apartments funny. it's it's really fun and really cute um and like is one of those you know, like you get points in Kirby games or like you're, you keep collecting fruit and you're like, why do I have all this fruit? Um, and uh, Epic Yarn like kind of cracked it and was like, oh yeah, you're saving up. You're saving up this currency to buy stuff and decorate little apartments. It's super cute and fun. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to nominate another 
sub game from Kirby Squeak Squad for the Nintendo DS, and that is Smash Ride. So what this one is is it's what I think what I, the board game from the eighties or early nineties, like Crossfire, Crossfire, was like essentially. So the way that it works is Smash Ride. Uh, yeah, Smash Ride. So on the bottom screen, on the touch screen, you're like tapping Kirby to move on this big board that is uh, kind of like star-shaped, kind of circular-shaped, um, and you're trying to knock opponents off of the board. So you tap to like kind of like scoot Kirby along in the direction you're facing, but then you can press and hold Kirby to build up energy and to like build up an attack. So there's enemies of different sizes, and the larger ones are harder to push off, and they do they push you off further and also you know if you build up too much energy and all the enemies scatter out of the way you will fly right off of the board but um it's a once you get the hang of like the hold to build up energy and like shoot off really quickly it's it's a satisfying loop yeah it uh while we were playing it the other night i likened it to the thing in uh smash on the 3ds um I'm gonna find out what the name of that is, um, but it's it's a very it's a very like pog like experience where you are like using the um, like the momentum of something uh, to knock something else off of like a board. Yeah, and the other thing I like about it is it's I feel like for the most part a lot of these games break down a lot of the sub games across all of Kirby like break down to very clear categories. We've talked about them multiple times tonight where there's a lot of like reflex games and that sort of thing. And this one feels like a unique thing unto itself there because it utilizes the touchscreen in the way that it does. There just aren't that many Kirby sub games that do the same thing. Yeah. And the, the uh, like using the touchscreen doesn't automatically make one of these games good, right? Like there is a, uh, I wonder if I even have notes about it. Um, there's one of these games that uh, it, you're just like, you're shooting. I think this is a Squeak Squad one. Oh, Treasure Shot. Treasure Shot. Yeah, that I don't think is good. I agree, where it's like there's three treasure chests and uh, that are like in the distance, and there's a UFO that... That's like on the opposite side. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the, the treasure chests open up, and, you know, like an item floats out of it, and you have to like fling... Um, balls whatever it is like at yeah it's not clear yeah at the items to try to collect them before the ufo can like hoover them up and really the only thing that like the the touch screen is doing there is determining whether you're swiping to the left to uh, straight up or to the right um and it's just not a super compelling you know a- application of, of that kind of thing totally um and of course the uh, the curtain call is another touch screen one too where it's like what are we doing <laughs> i'm just counting kirby's um that's a good. That's uh. That's well observed, well nominated, Mark. Um, I think I have one more I want to nominate. Cool. Um, and I am going to nominate one from Kirby Star Allies. Um, uh, this is going to be Chomp, no Chop Champs. Um, which is the uh the sort of lumberjack one. Um, you control one Kirby. Uh, you can either be against um the three other human players or they're all uh, ai and you are chopping down a tree uh sort of one square at a time and there can be little caterpillar guys or those big spiky ball guys 
Um, and you just have to make sure that Kirby is positioned in the right place so that when you knock out a piece of the tree, that he's not going to get hit by one of these uh, bad guys and then slowed down. Um, and so it's a race to see who can chop down the tree first. And the first person who does, like in the victory screen, uh, they've built a house uh, with their the logs that they've chopped. And everyone else has built like a certain percentage of the house. And so it's very fun to see how far other people got. It's one of those... I do like the way these Kirby games uh, represent the like status at the end. Uh, one of the things I really like about um, you know Megaton Punch or Crackety Hack, uh, which is the Kirby and the Amazing Mirror version of uh, Megaton Punch, um, is like seeing the planet break. Um, or like seeing the crack that you're like pounding into the earth in uh, in Crackety Hack, there's uh, if you hit it hard enough, you, you see the other side of the planet, and it's like uh, upside down. It's upside down, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like digging a hole to China, you know, like that sort of stupid stuff. Um, but yeah, I just think that the uh, the presentation at the end of Chop Champs is very fun and funny. Yeah, we haven't really talked. Uh, I forgot about that part until you mentioned it about like the building of the log cabin mm-hmm. with the stuff, and that is really cute. Uh, we haven't really talked about the Megaton Punch games a lot, even though they're featured heavily in um, Kirby sub games. I don't really, I, I think they're fine. They are neither my favorites or my least favorites. They're just kind of yeah there. Yeah, I mean, they're they're like a reflex game, but not really, right? It's like they, they seem like the easiest ones to be perfect at. Um, and the like attainable perfection makes me uh, dislike them. Does that I, make sense? I, yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, I feel like I enjoy finding the rhythm of mm-hmm. it, and, like, that is satisfying to perfect, to be like, okay, yeah, like, I was able to crack this planet in half. But I then, was it's, able, then it's over. Then it's over. Right. And it's not particularly fun to revisit. The one for Star Allies is a little bit different. Well, instead of trying to, like, pound something, you're hitting a meteor back into space which is good instead of destroying the planet you're saving it <laughs> yeah and but if you hit it like hard enough it'll like crash into destroy a something else yeah yeah but um so yeah i think because we're wrapping up here i don't have any more denominates so i think we have the players on the board but i think it's good to talk about these um like megaton punch ones because they are such a big part of kirby sub games but didn't make any of our list uh yes um uh, other games uh just uh, briefly that we had like a chance to play but aren't going to make it onto our list um i i, I noted field frenzy here which is a, a whack-a-mole style game uh the, from uh, kirby mass attack um it is another um touch screen uh game that i feel like doesn't really it's it's whack-a-mole like it's not it's not that much fun another one uh worth mentioning is from nightmare and dreamland on the game boy advance bomb rally where there are like four characters, including yourself, and you're passing a bomb around. And they're hitting it with frying pans. They're hitting it with frying pans. Which is adorable. It is really cute. They can switch directions that they are like throwing it. Um, as far as I can tell, you cannot. It, you are always yeah. just like throwing it one direction. To me, I like the idea of this game, but I felt the like the timing was not very satisfying. Yeah, one it also wasn't clear to me if like if you wait like if there's a sweet spot to like hit it so that it speeds up or right, anything like it that. It seems like cuz they can they do it with variable speed, but I could never like master that. Well, the thing is I think you also do it with variable speed. It's just variable every time for everyone. Oh. Um but I also don't know that. Like right. 
Uh, it's it's one where like the I feel like these games are usually pretty good at um, the feedback loop being like you did that well. Um, that's actually one of the things that uh, uh, Air Grind does particularly well. Um, that like it'll there's like a nice little chime when you time it perfectly, and it'll even say like great like just in little letters on the screen, so you know right. you're doing it right. It's, that one is like it tell you good, it'll tell you great, it'll tell yeah. you excellent, so yeah. you really know like oh yeah the timing of that was perfect. Um, what else? Speed Eaters is a game, uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror. Um, that's uh, a little bit like a, a reflex one. It's another like there's a cloche, uh, and it opens up, and the four Kirby's have a uh, the opportunity to try and suck in all the apples and or bombs. Um, and if you accidentally suck in bombs, then you're like out for the next round of opening the cloche. It's it's sort of the worst of um the uh speedy tea, not obviously not the worst of speedy tea time we know what the worst of that is <laughs> but it's 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 like that style of gameplay uh sort of mixed with just like a straight up reflex yeah and it's um for me it's like if you're gonna do speedy tea time give me that big old give me that belly, gross button. belly button yeah otherwise, uh, yeah don't give me four kirby's i've seen four kirby's <laughs> but yeah i feel like uh the other one that i'll call out is just from Kirby Superstar Gourmet Race. Talked about it a little bit earlier, but also unique to the sub games that I have played, anyways, where um, you are like racing through an obstacle course against King DDD. But in addition to who finishes first, it's also very important that you collect like uh, food items throughout it. So sometimes you have to go a little bit out of your way in order to collect a food item so it like pays off at the end. That's the interesting thing about Gourmet Race too is that it's all different sprites. Like normally Kirby looks the same in all the like other versions of the game, but it's a different sprite in Gourmet Race. He's yeah, everything's like bigger. bigger. Yeah, um, it's it's very strange they went to that much. That like I get when you're like, oh, okay, we'll use all the same graphics and like just sort of like remix it and we'll call it a different game. Great, fine, I'm all for it. Um, but then, the, like, they, had, they did, like, real design work to make the gourmet race just on its own function. I don't know. It seems it seems very strange to me. Um, all right, Mark, we have how many do we have here? I think we have 13. 9, 10, 11, Check 12, my math. 13. We okay, have 13. Okay, um, So that means three of these will not be advancing uh, on onto uh, the, the, the final stage. Um, shall we... Let's read them all. Yeah, let's run it down. Uh, Speedy Tea Time from Squeak Squad. Crane Fever Fever from Kirby's Adventure. Quick Draw from Kirby's Adventure. Air Hockey from Kirby's Block Ball. Kirby's Brawl Ball from Mass Attack. The Poppy Brothers Land bonus game from Pinball Land. Strato Patrol EOS from Kirby Mass Attack. The Arena from Kirby Superstar. Beatrix Apartment Complex from Kirby's Epic Yarn. Wave Ride from Kirby's Amazing Mirror. Uh, uh, Kirby's Air Grind <laughs> from Nightmare in Dreamland. Chomp Chop Champs. We're going to have to eliminate that just because it's hard to say. <laughs> from Star Allies. <laughs> and Smash Ride from Squeak Squad. Uh, Mark, do you have any low-hanging fruit early on that you think is probably going to be in the, in like the, the bottom half of, of our list here? I see. I see a few. I think. Okay. I think uh, the Beatrix apartment complex is going to be on the lower side. I think Chop Champs is going to be on the low side. Um, I personally think Smash Ride is a little on on the weak side as well. 
Smash Ride is the one where you're uh, flicking what direction oh, you want. Oh, I mean, go. I couldn't even remember what it was. I nominated it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a that's fair. Uh, and then what else? Maybe the arena. Um, that was my thought as well. Not because, uh, just because it's a boss boss rush. Mode. It's a boss rush mode. Yeah. Um, so I think the the arena probably goes down there. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Well, if we're doing the top 10, we don't want to eliminate. No, no, no. And I'm not suggesting a elimination. I'm just saying oh, sort of like the bottom of the list. I'm going to I'm gonna say that we try to just like rank all 13. Okay. And then the three that don't make it into the top 10 are, are not part of the list. Yeah, they you know just I mean? don't make history. They just look. History is made by the winners, Mark. They're the fifth Beatle right. of um... Pete Best or uh, any of the rest of them. There are so <laughs> many fifth Beatles. <laughs> Um. Oh, we're still looking at lower. We're still looking at lower. Okay, got it. Um, I so for me, even though as much as I enjoyed them, I would say like the Poppy Brothers Land bonus game would probably okay. be like lower. I personally would put Air Hockey lower, even though I enjoyed it. It's definitely not like um top tier for me. Um, it's closer to top tier for me, so maybe. Maybe uh, what we're establishing here is like this is the D tier, okay. right? The Poppy Bros, uh, Beatrix Apartment Complex, Ch Chop Champs, which again, we may just need to eliminate because it's hard <laughs> to say. Smash Ride in the arena. And then I want to put the Air Hockey in like a C tier. Okay. Like which is just, just a tier above. And it may not be that big. It may not be that. It big. may just be a special it designation. May, it may just be a for special hockey, right? Because I think for me, B tier, B tier is where I go. Like, speedy tea time, crane fever, quick draw. I think is another um, B tier. I won't argue too hard on crane fever, but I could see that as C tier as well. A C tier with yeah, uh, let's, air hockey. Let's move it down. Um, quick draw, uh, B tier, and then I think the rest of them are A tier. Kirby's brawl ball. Uh, Strato Patrol EOS, Wave Ride, and Air Grind. Okay. What do you think? Yeah, I feel good I about think that. Those are all A tier. Man, Mass Attack, uh, featuring Strong here with two games in the A tier. Mass Attack, I uh, look, I it's a game that I had not played before last week, uh, and I sort of love it. I think it's a, a great. I don't know if it's a hidden gem. I don't know. I don't know what the Kirby <laughs> fandom thinks, um, but I, I think I think it's a great game. Um, all right, Mark. Now let's start actually ranking these um, in the bottom tier can we just remove chop champs because <laughs> we don't want to say it anymore. I, I don't want to say it anymore yeah see you later so long chop, chop champ. champ but we did have to say it one more time chap chap chaps so long um okay so now from the bottom what do you think uh, uh poppy poppy bros uh <laughs> the poppy bros land bonus game beatrix apartment complex smash ride or the arena so i don't have any experience with uh poppy no no, no sorry beatrix with apartment complex yeah and so I kind of need your guidance here on where you think that these should fit. But my vote would be probably Smash Ride at the bottom. I thought it was cool for its novelty, but like it is not one that I was eager to get back to. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And here's what I'm going to say. I really do like the uh, Beatrix Apartment Complex, but it kind of stretches the definition of what is and is not a sub game. Um, and maybe in its complexity... And just the fact that it's like something that you're doing consistently throughout the whole game may disqualify it. And okay. we needed we needed to eliminate uh, like straight eliminate three of these anyway to do a top right. ten. So I think probably we can remove the B tricks apartment complex 
and Smash Ride, and then we just have our 10. Okay. What do you say? Yeah. Okay. We're not disqualifying Smash Ride, but we're just determining yes, that, that it's just not going to make, not gonna make the yeah. top 10. Right. Um, Nothing wrong with it. We can pronounce it in everything. That's right. It's just not making our top 10. That's right. Uh, so which do you prefer, Mark? Poppy, uh, Poppy Bros Land bonus game from Kirby's Pinball Land or the arena from Kirby Superstar? I am going to say, oh, actually, well, maybe I'll go with my gut. Because yeah. the words that were about to come out of my mouth were the arena. As, as number 10. As number nine. Like, I oh, prefer okay. that one. Mm-hmm. But as I was saying that, I was thinking about, like, which one of these do I feel more desire to actually go back and play? And it would be the Poppy Bros level bonus game, land bonus game from Pinball Land. Here's the thing that I will say about the arena. Because I don't actually know the, the Poppy Bros land uh, outside of your description. The arena has staying power. We've seen it in multiple games, um, and I don't even think they changed the name, right? They're just like, no, it's always the arena. Right. Um, like, they just got it right the first time. It is not unlike Quick Draw in that regard, where it's, like, iconic to the Kirby franchise in a way that I, you can't say of uh, Poppy Bros Pinball Land. That's, that, is, that is true, for sure. I guess, like, the arena, to me when it boils down to it is like essentially a, a boss rush mode. Yeah. Okay. Which um, I think is not like specific to Kirby in any way. I think the presentation of the arena and, you know, the specifics of it are Kirby, but then also we're just talking about is a pinball game really, you know, special to Kirby or because mm, that's essentially mm-hmm. what, you know, Poppy bros. Let's do Poppy bros last. Cause I don't want to talk about it anymore. All right, <laughs> like, it. I don't want to, I don't want to say that name. Anymore. Wow, we're eliminating a lot of stuff because we don't want to. Uh... Hey, look, man, uh, you reach a point in the episode and uh, just the <laughs> things you don't want to say don't make the cut anymore. Um, uh, all right, so number 10 is Poppy Bros Land bonus game from Kirby's Pinball Land. Number nine is the arena, specifically from Kirby Superstar, but obviously uh, we are taking into consideration all the other the arenas. Um, Mark, we move up a tier. Uh, we've got Air Hockey from uh, Kirby Blockball and Crane Fever from Kirby's Adventure. I ooh, I put uh, Air Hockey above Crane Fever, personally. Okay, I would have said the opposite. I would, <laughs> I would put Crane Fever above Air Hockey, but I this tier is true D-tier material or C-tier material. C-tier? Because I, feel, I don't feel anything about it. So, like, if... You, I do feel strongly about uh, air hockey. Then perfect. Okay. Then that leaves us in a good position. Uh, all right. So number eight is Crane Fever. Number seven is air hockey, which brings us to our B tier, Speedy Tea Time, which I sort of can't believe is on this <laughs> list, and Quick Draw from uh, Kirby's Adventure. I have a way that I'm leaning, but I, I want to know wh- wh- where you're leaning. Okay, I'm genuinely torn up inside about this one because I like Quick Draw a lot for how cute it is, but I love Speedy Tea Time for how grotesque it is because I just am dying to know like did it ever how it made it into the game and right, why right, that right. choice was made and why everybody was okay with it. And there, the node was probably like, make it bigger, make it grosser. Could it look like a pimple that needs to be popped? 
um, that's blue. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I, I love it so much because there's nothing else like it in any Kirby game, as far as I know. It's also like this is an image that we've described it a couple times, but like I do, I, I pray you, please go look it up. Look up Speedy Tea Time from Squeak Squad. All you'll need is a single screenshot, and the image will never leave your brain. It has left an indelible mark on the inside of my skull, Mark. I, just, I see it when I close my eyes. <laughs> and I just don't know that I can say the same for Quick Draw. As much as I love it, as cute as I think it is, as fun as I think the animations of it, the hats. The, the thing is, it's so quick. I feel like we're, we are coming down on opposite sides on all of these little matchups. Because I, I would put Quick Draw above. But, but, but. No, no. I, I, I absolutely see an argument for Quick Draw. Like, the... Uh, almost like historical significance of Quick Draw, setting that template for so many Kirby games to come. Um, I think I I think you're probably right. I just I think that its sense of humor is Looney Tunes, and Speedy Tea Time's sense of humor is Ren and Stimpy. Do you know what I mean? I a hundred percent know what you mean. And personally, I think it's a small victory that uh, Speedy Tea Time made it to the B tier. Grotesque. The fact that it's as high as number six. But, it, but if I could get just one person in the world to go look up an image of speedy tea time, then I, it'll have been worth it. Yeah. We've, I look, we've made a difference here tonight, I think. All right. So now for our A tier and numbers one through four on our list, here are the games in contention. Kirby's brawl ball in mass attack, strato patrol EOS in mass attack, wave ride in, and the amazing mirror and Kirby's air grind in nightmare in dreamland. The, the ones from Mass Attack, I am experiencing them through you. I, yes. have, I have not done those. I will put uh, Strato Patrol EOS at the bottom of our A tier. It is super cool and very fun. Uh, it borders on being a little too complicated, mm. um, but is ultimately just like kind of a fun fireworks display, which is all that those sorts of flying games should be anyway. Um, but yeah, it's just a little bit too much to wrap your head around to be as, cause the rest of them are elegant, right? What an area where I come into conflict in my own brain is between wave ride and air grind. Yeah. Because they are both really beautiful looking and mm -hmm. sounding. And I think the game mechanics of them are both really fun and satisfying, simple, to understand but like challenging to master yes and yet the fact that they are so similar to me it's like i am reacting against them being our top two sure sure i i mean i get that but i think they're both almost they're so perfect. good like i think they are one and two um and I, I, I have a preference for one over the other, but like I, th I think at this point we have to see where we're going to put Brawl Ball in there. Okay. I have a preference for one over the other, too. So it'll be interesting to see uh, between Wave Ride and Air Grind. Air, and Air Grind, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if um, we've had – we've not been in agreement we've not in a, been lot, of, a lot of this list, but I do wonder if, if – I blame Speedy Tea Time. <laughs> Um, so do, do we, do we agree that Kirby's Brawl Ball belongs at number three? 
this is not one that I have played myself, and so I. No, you did. You played a, oh, a little play bit Brawl in my Ball? house. Yeah, it's it's the the pinball one where you played against the the willow, uh, the the the, oh, the boss fight against the the tree. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better than pinball land. Yeah, frankly. I agree with you. Um. I, I'm happy with that as third. Okay, that's that, the other two. That's, yeah. that's a number three. Yeah, uh, which means we have to get down to the tricky business of who's number one, uh, wave ride or air grind. Mark, do you want to do a three, two, one? I we think both we say should. At the same yeah, time? yeah. Which one we think is number one? Yes, which we think is the best. Okay, so it'll be three, two, one, and then we say it. Okay, uh-huh. ready? Wait, I had one in my mind this whole time, and now that it's coming down to it, I'm no doubting. No way. <laughs> but I. I still think I know which way I'm going to go. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. Uh, I am ready. And we're... Do we need to review any of the the merits of either game? I don't think so. Okay. I think I, I am firm in my decision, and then we'll see where the, the chips land, and we may have to relitigate it anyways. Right. Ready? Yeah. Three, Three two, two, one. Air, air grind. grind. Air Grind is our number one. Which means uh, Wave Ride from Kirby and the Amazing Mirror is number two. Uh, should we review? Should we talk about this or just yeah, review the I, list? Yeah, I just want to know why um, you went with Air Grind. Because I'm curious if our reasoning is similar as well. Uh, so the I love the rail coming close yes, to the this. Yes, the perspective shift. It's unreal. It's, it's, it adds so much to the presentation uh, and just like the experience of seeing your little dude come so close to you, seeing him go so far away. It feels like a much more dynamic version of the same basic thing. That yeah, something is. so simple. I think I like the like aesthetic palette, that kind of like sunset-y, like blue yeah. look of Wave Ride more. But I think overall that uh, I like Air Grind the best. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right. All right, Mark, let's do our list from number 10 to number one. These are the 10 best sub-games in the entire Kirby franchise, starting at number 10. I'm sending it out by saying its full name, Poppy Bros Land bonus game from Kirby's Pinball Land. Number nine is The Arena from Kirby Superstar. Number eight is Crane Fever from Kirby's Adventure. Number seven is Air Hockey from Kirby Block Ball. Number six is Speedy Tea Time from Kirby's Squeak Squad. <laughs> what have we done? Number five is Quick Draw from Kirby's Adventure. Number four is Strato Patrol EOS from Kirby's Mass Attack. Uh, also from Kirby Mass Attack, Kirby's Brawl Ball. From Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, Wave Ride. At number two. And at number one... Uh, Kirby's Air Grind from Nightmare in Dreamland. Uh, Mark, we've done it. Let's close this out. Now, there can't possibly be any sub-games that we missed, right? There's only like a gajillion Kirby games. Uh, and notice, no one even mentioned a goal game. Not once. Oh, uh, do we now have a clearer idea of why um, sub-games exist in the Kirby franchise? There's a question that I said I would repose at the end of our discussion. I don't think I'm any closer to it. No, I think it's still a mystery. Um, all right, great. Well, if you have any theories about that, you should email us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Or if we left out your favorite sub-game, hit us up. 
on Twitter or on email or Facebook or wherever. Uh, we would love to engage with you on that. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any old place where you, where you get your podcasts. If you like the episode, please share this on Facebook or Twitter or by writing down a URL on a, a piece of parchment paper, rolling it up, putting it in a bottle, and throwing it into the ocean. Could you imagine if you were on like a deserted island by yourself? <laughs> And this bottle washes yeah. up on shore yeah. with a message inside. And, and you think, my God, human connection. Uh-huh. And you just get a long URL. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. And the show is at NinCart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands, or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe, believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.